0: Mama Africa, Mama Miriam Mageba, Soweto Blues. Hey, yeah, ne? the music that uh, kept us alive then is still relevant now. SAFM 104-107, to nationwide leading the conversation. A-teamers, we're talking education now, and... Um, As many as half a million, in fact, more than half a million children um, have not attended school. They've fallen off the basic education system and something needs to be done about this. Something collective is being done um, according to the Department of Basic Education. And uh, we'll also be speaking to our guests who are going to give us uh, enlightenment as to what is being done and how can we ensure that Even in this um, pandemic, the disparity between those who have and don't have is not seen, is not felt, is not experienced in the education system. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Education Conversations. Let's welcome uh, Sannele Gamete, who's an author and a strategic youth life and career coach. He's also a PhD candidate at the University of Gwazulu-Natal. Sanele, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening.
1: Good evening, sis Patricia uh, practitioner uh, pra, uh pa, Sis Mantuli. I'm, I'm trying to pronounce your your, your name, Patricia. Aye
0: yes. Uma Sanele, let's just continue. Uh Mantuli will just do fine. <laughs> so Sanela and,
1: and and good good evening to your listeners.
0: <laughs> Sanele uh, um my producer, told me yes. your story around education, and and it, it's a story that is is you know it, it's it's got its downs, but it's got its up right now because you are resilient. There are challenges in the basic education system, and you experience them. So tell us about these.
1: It, it, it was a, a very um, uh, hard journey, siswami, Swami, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, the challenges of uh, education, uh, especially the education system, are uh, I, I, I very much felt, especially in rural areas. And I think uh, she has she have shared with you that I did grade ten twice, grade eleven twice, and grade twelve. Twice, and uh, some of the problems of of the system made some of us to to go through that, and some young people are still going through that even after. I mean, uh, over 10 years ago, uh, after one have gone through the high primary and high school level, so it's it's challenging, uh, and it needs to be addressed. Uh, I mean, agently. It should have been addressed a while ago, uh, but
0: seemingly there is nothing that is happening, my sister, and I don't know why. When you say challenges, I want, I would like you to outline them because the challenges you and I went through when we were um, in, in high school and primary school are not the same challenges that the class of 2020 and 2021 are experiencing yes my
1: sister and and that's very true some of the challenges that uh, our young people today are facing is the access to education we are seeing the same thing in other parts of the country where we shared a uh, one book and we were six in that book and some kids are still Uh, going through the same thing. Some kids are still going through uh, having to walk a a long journey to school. Some kids are going through the digital divide, which seems to be one thing that is helping uh, kids to understand the curriculum, understand what is being taught, but they can't have access to technology as as compared to other kids. I mean, we are completely dividing uh, these young people, and what we are seeing today eh, the mayhem that is going on in the country part of it is is what has been created i mean the monster that we see today i'm sorry to call our south african people monsters but what we are seeing today has been created over years from as primary school when you have divided and neglected some of the issues that our young people and i've just mentioned quite a few i know our listener has a a list at home of these issues that young people are facing uh, even today
0: So with what we are facing today, you know, how do we ensure that young people are, number one, enticed to go to school, number two, encouraged to go to school, and number three, motivated to go to school? I think we need
1: to make education fashionable. Uh, I, I've heard and seen that uh, trending on social media, I think a couple of years ago. I don't know if they had any idea of what they were talking about or they were just talking about it at, at a post-university uh, level. I'm, I'm, I'm saying let's make education fashionable. I'm saying let us make the curriculum very interesting for a young person to wake up and go to school. Let us make the education system interesting enough, welcoming enough, accommodating enough for a, a young person, I mean, if a young person doesn't want to go to school, it means there is something wrong that is happening in in school that this young person doesn't really really like. Because a, a young person from from primary school, they will enjoy going to school. I mean, you remember me and you like to go to school uh, because the the environment there was was interesting enough. Yes, there were there uh, there were challenges there, but uh, it was made interesting enough, it was fun, it was enjoyable. The teaching and learning should be should be very much enjoyable and I think uh, I, I once said education should be a three-legged part where the parent is involved government is fully involved and the teacher is also involved I think we also need to fix our schools make our schools a better living environment for our young people we can't have a situation where young people are falling into into pit toilet and you want them to go back to school the next morning uh, you can't wait I saw a a report uh, called Zero Dropout Campaign or something like that, talking about 2030. And I think this is the kind of mentality that has destroyed everything in the country where we are giving it 50 years, we are saying this is a project for 50 years. And what are you expecting after 10 years when you see people becoming monsters? That's because you have left it, you have called it Project uh, uh, 2035. That's the problem. I think those are some of the issues that we need to fix, and we need to fix them now.
0: Well, perhaps, Sanere, it would be safe for us to refrain from calling ourselves as South Africans monsters, because uh, clearly there are issues that are causing what we are seeing, uh, the actions. And you've mentioned the issue of um, the disparity in the education system. Our South African people are clearly seeing that there's a great divide. How do we then make sure that the education department, firstly, the one who offers this education, is giving us an education that will will close the disparity. I mean, 30 years on, and we still have schools that are all deemed government schools, but one has higher facilities, good toilets, labs, libraries, uh, computer facilities, and the other school does not even have a roof over the classroom, does not even have a toilet or running water.
1: Uh-uh. I don't know if you 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 answer some so that I can Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you so much for for that one. Uh, and I I hope it don't sound uh, political right now because I don't even want to go there. But w- there there are two things that I I wish uh, our our government, our Department of Education, uh, could look into. Is is, is, number one, is the issue of asking yourself as a a head uh, of department or as an official, would I take my child to this school that has been reported to have no roof, to have no toilet, and and so forth and so forth. Let's just ask ourselves that question as responsible citizens, as government officials, as, as heads, as ministers. Let us just... Purely ask ourselves this question. Number two, my sister, we can't solve this problem, the education problem, if we don't solve uh, these issues holistically, these uh, societal issues. If, If you were to try and solve these issues in isolation, it would be like trying to give someone new boots and tell them to go back to the same mud that you are trying to prevent by giving them this new push. What are you expecting? Because what I've seen is uh, government has spent so much money building labs, building uh, computer facilities in deep rural areas, in, in, in communities like Malokshini, and those those facilities two months down the line, they are looted because the system is not treated holistically. You are giving someone boots and you are expecting them to walk in the same mud. So the issue here is cleaning the mud, then you hand out because people are not going to be going back to the mud that you are trying to uh, you know, avoid them walking in by barefoot and all of that. So I think those are the two things that uh, one could just highlight at the moment.
0: We are now joined by Nompomelelo Mohoswane, who is Deputy Director uh, for Research, Monitoring and Evaluation at the Department of Basic Education. Nompomelelo, thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Um, You were recently speaking at the launch of the survey that was done uh, talking about the state of education and the number of students who have dropped out uh, since the pandemic started. Please take us through it.
2: Sure. Um, I think before we speak about the effects of the pandemic, it it would be good to have a bit of an understanding um, on the theme um, before the pandemic. So in South Africa, um over the past twenty years, we've had a attendance and enrollment rate of about ninety eight percent. so yeah, that's children that were enrolled in school. Uh, that means about two hundred and thirty thousand children were not um, enrolled in school. With the pandemic, we've seen changes and shifts in attendance rates um, ranging from um, when we had um, phased reattendance. So as low as 40% of learners back in school um, in about July last year with an increase um, to about 92% now in May when we looked at this data again. And although 92% is is fairly high and we're starting to get closer to our pre-pandemic attendance rates, this does mean that there are an extra 500,000 children that are not in school right now who used to be in school. So clearly
0: the pandemic has created that uh, vacuum in terms of uh, the students not attending. Has the department been able to look at uh, the sort of uh, quintiles that were more affected or impacted so that at least it can drill down to the reasons why so many students did not attend? I know it's to the tune of 750,000 students. Yeah,
2: so the survey we are referring to, um, the NSCrim crime survey, uh, is based on household um, survey data. And so we don't have quintile information um, in terms of attendance. What we do know, though, is that the Free State um, Province and Eastern Cape had the lowest um, return to school, so the highest non-attendance. And we're seeing this spread out across all phases of education. So from the foundation phase right through to the grade 10 to 12 FET phase.
0: So how do we bring these students back into the education system?
2: So I think we um, need to link this non-attendance to um, historical or or what is known in the sector and internationally about dropout. And I think a few things to establish are whether it's short-term or permanent dropout. Um, We are hoping that it is temporary dropout. But we know that extended temporary dropout often leads to permanent dropout. So um, understanding the factors then that are influencing this dropout should should be a priority. And for now, the factors that we have identified are firstly the rotational attendance of schooling. So for the majority of schools, particularly public schools that are quintile one to three, so serving um, the poorer, um, schooling has been happening on a rotational basis. So children attend school every second day in a simple version of rotation. But in bigger schools that have more complex uh, rotational patterns, children are attending school maybe once every six days. And those kinds of complexities seem to lead to disengagement or confusion by children. So I'd say a first thing there is addressing that. So trying to get all children back in school on a day-to-day basis. Um, But also, secondly, communicating with parents around the additional risks that being at school poses for children because um, parents are more than ever before um, holding their children back from coming back to school.
0: Um, our, our, our other co-panelist is Sanel Gamede, and he made mention that some of the disparities within the schools, and you also mentioned the quintile one to three uh, quintile schools, having the, the, the one of the biggest issues when it comes to the dropout rate. Are faced with a lack of a lot of facilities. Is there any plan from the Department of Basic Education to ensure that the disparity is is removed and we have a lesser gap between schools that have in quintile five and schools that don't have in quintiles one to three?
2: Um, so yes, I think that is. I mean, the that then spans the whole what twenty five years or so um, of democracy and and I guess. Um, schooling um, delivered at Mass. Uh, There's been several um, gaps that have been bridged, and I I think we can categorize them in different ways. We can speak about infrastructure and the specific programs that tend to address infrastructure. I think these are for public record, including court cases around that, where the department was taken to court for that. But there are also gaps in terms of learning um, that historically were broader than they currently are, I'm not sure if it's a publicly known um, uh, finding that South Africa has had one of the steepest, so some of the best um, improvement in terms of international assessments, uh, that is performance in reading um, as well as in mathematics um, based on international assessments. So while we have been and continue to be at the bottom of that performance trend, we've seen significant improvement over about 10 years and this improvement has been especially in Quintel 1 to 3 schools. So I don't think that there's been no change but I think it's maybe not well communicated or well known and also unfortunately changes in education are not as quick as we all wish they were.
0: Honestly, it does seem clear that they're not as quick as um, we would like them to be, and uh, obviously, what we want to see is more equality in our education system, so young people are motivated to go to school. Do you think absolutely. that uh, the minister's plan to bring back uh, schooling um, into full operation will, will, will you know, help us get back on track?
2: Um, absolutely. So I think for for what we've seen in the NISCRM, um study that this rotational attendance or the response to COVID-19 as it's played out in schooling has affected attendance, as I mentioned, but attendance is not um, the end in and of itself. While it, of course, protects children from um, um, deviant behaviour and that they are at school, it also leads to learning. We know that the point of being at school is to learn, firstly, um, and we've seen that this rotational attendance has meant that there have been significant learning losses amongst children. But schools also offer um, further social protection. The National School Nutrition Program, um, which until the pandemic had been feeding about 10 million children every single day getting a meal at school has been disrupted with the pandemic. Uh, We're seeing about 1.5 million children um, who previously used to get meals not getting them currently. Uh, And part of the reasons that we're seeing here is that schools say they prepare the meals but children don't come and we suspect that this is affected by rotational attendance. And so we expect that through a normal return to traditional daily attendance we will both stop the learning losses or at least start to be able to address them and continue to offer the social protections like feeding that are very needed right now.
0: I'm going to come back to you, Sanele. Sanele, in terms of, um, you know, how you would, as a youth life and a career coach, motivate young people to just, you know, go back to school despite the challenges that they might be uh, facing, what motivation would you give young people?
1: Thank you so much. I will definitely encourage our young people uh, to be not statistics. Uh, you, you can't uh, afford to fall under statistics. It's a pity that uh, some of them, they are asleep uh, as we speak. But I will definitely encourage them not to fall uh, to the statistics of dropouts uh, because w- w- you you see the consequences at a later stage. Uh, I will definitely uh, say, can you please go and persevere uh, in these situations that we are facing? I mean, coming from deep rural areas, uh, she's speaking of quantal 1. Quantile two and quantile three, and that's how we were classified uh, in the rural areas. And we have transpired uh, uh, successfully uh, in in those uh, situations. So for me, it's to just encourage every parent, every sister of a, a, any a child who's still at school to just uh, wake up and encourage them uh, to go back to school and and try to make sure that uh, they they prosper uh, given the situations that they found themselves in.
0: I've got a message here um, from one of our A teamers. Uh, the A teamer is saying, "Patricia, the problem with our education system is not all persons are meant to pass matric and go to the colleges or varsities, but the system is designed like that. Some are artists and more, but schools don't provide for that. What's your response to that, Nombumele?"
2: So um, I think the caller is right in that the matric um, exam is one articulation that has traditionally in our society been the most valued um, articulation for an academic path leading to a university and those streams. I think there's been an increasing recognition that you should be able to follow alternative paths, so vocational um, education as well as technical education. Uh, This links then to the grade nine certification, the GET um, certification that Umalis is currently working on. Uh, As the system stands though, um, it's that if you don't have a matric certificate, you don't have a nationally administered and certified document that shows what you know. If we if we reintroduce this end of grade nine certificate, at least if you think as an external employer, you would be able to know what this specific um, learner has mastered based on a national assessment similar to metric. So, absolutely agree that we need to strengthen the alternative paths that a learner can pursue between grade 10 and matric without matric being the only path. I'm going to close off
0: with this um, SMS from an ATMA says I am part of the a- educator assistant uh, program and I must say the situation is hopeless especially in the rural areas and the system of alternating or rotating is making things worse in terms of dropping out on that note thank you very much to you Sanele Kamete for joining us and thank you very much for joining us. I really do hope that our education system will be able to attract all the students who need to be in uh, class between grade 1 and grade 12. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, my sister. It's a minute after 11. Let's go to Mudupu Mehalimela with the Hola news update for the day.